Scientists have added monarch butterflies to the international endangered list. Global's Brittany Rosen. I mean, I remember years where you would see them all over the place. So this is another example of we have to be careful and watch what we're doing because there are consequences. It's becoming increasingly difficult to find a monarch, let alone a butterfly, at Humber Bay Park in Etobicoke. The orange and black creatures are fluttering closer to extinction, with the International Union for the Conservation of Nature adding them to the list of endangered species. We've known in Canada that they've been endangered for a while, and, and nationally we've had them listed as endangered, but now they're recognized that, that globally this is a species that's creeping closer and closer to extinction. Well, we need to wake up, smell the roses, look for the butterflies, I guess, you know, like, we'll have to take care of what we have. Experts say monarch butterflies are one of the easier species that you can help to survive, and you can do so by heading to your local nursery and getting a hold of milkweed. Alan, that's the one plant that these creatures feed off of. Global's Brittany Rosen, um, migratory monarch butterflies, and you know what I'm talking about, right? The the bright orange spotted wings, they're spectacular. They fill the sky. And let's bring in our, our guest here. Carol Pasternak is author of How to Raise Monarch Butterflies, a step-by-step -step guide for kids. Great to talk to you. Thank you so very much for joining us. It's my pleasure, Richard. This is alarming, but I gather the monarch makes this incredible journey of, what, about 4,000 kilometers annually? That's, that's correct. It does it actually in a period of just a couple of months. The monarchs that leave Canada at the end of August and September travel about 4,000 kilometers in two months, one butterfly. That's right up there with the Canada goose. Well, and the Canada goose has a leader. One of those geese has done it before, and they fly in formation, but none of the monarchs that fly to Mexico have ever done it before, and they don't do it as a group. Each one has to make its way to a very small area in Mexico in the mountains and find its way there on its own. Okay, how do they do this? Because um, we just came off a half an hour we're talking about airline industry and lost baggage uh to me maybe we get the monarchs in every bag and they won't lose the bags on us that's a, that's a terrific idea but they use a combination of the angles of the sun and a few things that we are yet to uh discover you know it's kind of how the head of the salmon find their way back to the places that they were born it's it, we have a lot of things still yet to learn but they do it. It's amazing. All right. Why is this now? Why are they endangered here? What's going on here? Well, the, the population of monarch butterflies has been plummeting for 20 years for, for two major uh, reasons. It's a loss of habitat um, because, like in the United States alone, 6,000 acres a day are converted to houses and parking lots and, and, and factories and things that we need. So we lose all that habitat. And then the, the other big reason is the habitat that the monarchs used to have was in farmers' fields. So between the rows of corn, there was milkweed. And milkweed is the only place a monarch will lay its eggs. And milkweed is the only plant that a monarch caterpillar will eat. 
So 20 years odd years ago, we invented GMO corn and uh, doused it with herbicides. And the corn lives and everything else dies. So there is no more milkweed uh, in farmers' fields. And that's a huge loss of habitat for the monarch butterfly. So I guess both reasons are, are loss of habitat. You know, it's interesting because we I've had conversations about this. And, you know, being from... From Manitoba, I've learned a lot about polar bears and Churchill and have interviewed and spent some time with some marvelous researchers on this. And they talk about the ability of species to be able to adapt to a changing environment and that uh, in many cases, uh, those species are a whole lot better than we as humans to adaptation. But I wonder um, if given you know, what has happened here with milkweed, whether the monarch um, just hasn't been able to adapt. So then it's up to us to help them. Well, we, they have to adapt pretty quickly. Um, mm. Evolution, uh, evolutionary uh, adaptation can take hundreds or thousands of years. And we've gotten rid of their only host plant in such a short period of time. So we've created the problem and we have to come up with the solutions. And I do want to spend time on solutions here and how we can be a part of that solution. Because, you know, it's one thing to, to talk about this and to go, oh, that's a shame. But often I've found, and you're the author, a step-by-step guide for kids and how to raise monarch butterflies. I do want to get to that. But can you talk to us about the the monarch, besides its beauty, the function that it plays within our ecosystem. A lot of people talk about its function as a pollinator, and certainly butterflies do pollinate. But if we lost the monarch butterfly, we would we wouldn't be losing our crops and our food. Uh, they pollinate some flowers. The major benefit that they have to the ecosystem is that they're part of the food chain. So at every stage of their life, whether they're an egg or a caterpillar or a chrysalis or an adult flying butterfly, they are feeding other insects. So spiders are eating them and uh, dragonflies and all sorts of insects and um, frogs, uh, lizards, and then higher up, those insects are important to birds and um, small mammals that eat insects. So they're a very important part of the food chain. The and you went very quickly over their beauty, but they're much more than beautiful. Mm. In every culture, butterflies, and especially monarchs, uh, are, are, I mean, we, we surround ourselves with beauty. It's part of, of the human condition uh, to find joy uh, and beauty in life. We surround ourselves with beautiful homes and music, flowers, art. Without those things, we wouldn't be human. So the the monarch butterfly incorporates so much of this beauty and it's alive, and it comes to us. We can be outside, and it comes to us. 
the, the spirituality of it is that it may even come to us when we most need it, when we're most down, when we're missing a lost loved one. And, and so many cultures believe that the departed come to visit us on the wings of butterflies, including Mexicans and other cultures who celebrate Day of the Dead. It's a whole countrywide celebration where the spirit of the ancestors come in on butterflies. So it's much more than any other beautiful thing that if we lose one thing, uh, we'll still be okay. Because it, it represents so much for so many people around the world, including transformation. Look at this ugly worm. It, it, it <laughs> thinks it's going to die. It, it thinks it's going to die. It goes into this chrysalis, and it comes out as the most magnificent creature of all. And, hey, let's face it, Richard, everybody's down, everybody's depressed, everybody's sick of COVID. But we look at a butterfly, look at what it can do. It goes from an egg to a butterfly in less than a month. It completely changes itself and becomes beautiful. And you know what? You can, too. You can have hope. You can have wonder so much more than just the beautiful painting on your wall. Like the monarch butterfly, you have just put a smile on my face and the face of thousands of people that are listening from coast to coast in Canada right now. Carol Pasternak is with us, author of How to Raise Monarch Butterflies. How did you become so passionate about this? What is it in your upbringing that decided that you would be I would think not just an advocate, but a fighter for the monarch. Well, it, it came on kind of slowly and, and by chance. And, and I was dating a guy in law school whose idea of a fun time was to ride two and a half hours in the sweltering heat to a conservation area, have a picnic, and look for caterpillars. So I married him. <laughs> And then we raised caterpillars with our kids and discovered the joy of the hunt. And I didn't really appreciate it until the last 15 years when I became addicted to the hunt. And I started to understand why people hunt and why people fish and why people go on scavenger hunts and treasure hunts is because we have something inside that wants to hunt. Now, when I hunt for caterpillars and eggs and find something, I feel like I'm finding money. But it's better than finding money because each specimen is different. So about 15 years ago, I started thinking, well, if it's so fun to raise monarch caterpillars and watch them grow, and I'd like to talk uh, about that for a, another minute. But what about all the other species? What about swallowtails and anything that I can find and watch it change? Because the thrill is in nurturing it. You know that when you nurture something, you fall in love with it. Can you fall in love with an insect? Well, yes, you can. So you feed it, and in less than two weeks, it becomes a chrysalis. And less than two weeks after that, you can hold a miracle in your hand. You've watched it transform. You've watched it shed its skin five times. And now you're holding it in your hand. And then it flies away. And if it's the end of August, 
that little thing that weighs less than a paperclip is going to fly for two months into heavy winds, storms, drought, and hibernate for about five months in Mexico. And that is a thrill every single time you see it born because you took care of it. And it was fun taking care of it. You can't wait to see what the next changes, and you can't believe it. 40 years later, you still can't believe it. Today in my garden, I live in a postage stamp garden on a main street in Toronto. And on my little garden, there were seven or eight monarch eggs there today. And so it begins again. When we come back, how we can save the monarch butterfly. Carol Pasternak is with us, author of How to Raise Monarch Butterflies, a step-by-step guide for kids. And listening to you, Carol, I feel like a kid right now. I love it. Stay with us. I'm Richard, in for Ben. Richard Cluche, in for Ben. Carol Pasternak is with us, author of How to Raise Monarch Butterflies, a step-by-step guide for kids. This after the monarch, uh, yeah, it's on the international endangered list. So, Carol, how do we... How do we help here? How do we as individuals help the monarch? Well, I uh, want to back up just a little bit and uh, and uh, have a do-over from our first session when I was a little bit nervous. I told you there was two reasons that uh, we're losing our monarchs, habitat loss and habitat loss. Well, actually, there is a second reason, uh, and it's climate change. and. Yep. So we need to do something about climate change and we need to do something about loss of habitat. But the first thing we need to do is care. And how do we really care? I'll tell you a quick story. 15 years ago when I was really getting into the hunt and I had favorite places where I could go and there was milkweed and I could find caterpillars and eggs. And then I'd go to my favorite place and there would be a bulldozer there there'd be a bulldozer and it was gone and it's houses now. And then I would go to another place really within the last couple of years where I always had my milkweed and there's no milkweed there because dog strangling vine, an invasive plant has wiped it all out. So I care about those places because I raise monarchs. And I think the best way to get everybody to care is to get kids, young people, they're the future, to raise caterpillars. I know how crazy it sounds, but it's so easy to nurture them, and you fall in love with them immediately. And to prove this, you can look at one single Facebook group about raising monarch butterflies alone that has 80,000 people, and they're all passionate. And now they all want to save habitat, and they wouldn't before unless they had experienced that metamorphosis in their hands on their dining room table. So raise caterpillars, share them with your neighbors, give away eggs and caterpillars, and I don't care which eggs and caterpillars they are, and then get out and teach at libraries, schools, senior homes, everywhere you can. And I offer my presentation for free that anybody can go and teach it. And hundreds and hundreds of people have done this. And that's the way we get the word out 
love it. You've got to love it first, and then you will protect it. And if they write me at monarchcrusader at gmail.com, I will send them my presentation. So that's how we get people to be invested in this. And now we have to replace the habitat, and we have to replace it on every inch of vacant land. Uh, In Mississauga, which is in Ontario, for example, people are putting in boulevard gardens, which I just did last week. It's very exciting. We reclaim public land and put native plants on them. And native plants are what insects eat. So put on your thinking cap. Where can you reclaim uh, habitat close to home? Your own yard. We have to get rid of our lawns. We have to change our attitude about what we're planting. That's a really good start. I'd love to go caterpillar hunting with you if it's allowed. Well, so far it is, but we don't know what new laws may bring. In California, you can't touch a monarch because it's protected. So these different statuses um, sometimes prevent... Uh, children from experiencing this firsthand. So hmm. I think that caterpillars are, are the way to get uh, people passionate. And um, interaction with politicians, whether it be to allow this or whether to get them to plant native plants in all of their public gardens, at the police station, at the courthouse, everywhere, become a politician. And grow milkweed. And grow milkweed and all the other native plants. Because you know what a big part of the problem is? It's on the migration from Ontario down to Mexico. It's taking three countries to get this migration done. And on the way down, if we've got drought and storms, they've got nothing to eat. So even in Ontario, we need to be planting a goldenrod, a New England aster, so that they have something to eat on the way down. So uh, nectar plants, where they, the butterflies can get nectar, are just as important as the host plants, the milkweed, for their uh, complete life cycle. Follow her at Monarch Crus- Crusader on Twitter. Carol Pasternak joining us here.